Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. The simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our Excel platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or $50 per season for on-screen and in-text. That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrat. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter at GameStrat or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free demo, and let them know we sent you. All right, uh, welcome to this episode of Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we've got Bob Darty up at uh, Middlesex High School in New Jersey. Coach, how you doing? Good, good. Well, we're glad to have you, man. I uh, hope things are kind of settled in New Jersey. I know we talked a little bit before the podcast. You've, you've got to work with kids at least. We, we have it in Virginia yet, so we're a little jealous of you. But I, I tell um, you, it's so exciting to work with anybody and to get to teach a little bit is, is really a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's been I'm working on my practice plan, you know, like I'm pounding <laughs> yeah, it out. I, yeah. I did it the day before yesterday because I knew I had this thing. I was going down the shore and I said, I got to get ready. I got to. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah, our guys are playing baseball, too. So they oh. got knocked out tonight, like our quarterback and fullback. And oh. when they're at practice tomorrow, they might not be, but uh, we're hoping there'll be a practice. Yeah. There you go. So y'all are doing baseball, too, huh? Yes, they started. They took a, They had a tournament for all this, the kids that didn't get to play, and they're right. going down. It's called the last dance, last dance. They're playing down to one champion. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 260 teams. That's awesome. Oh, God, I coach man. baseball, but our team, I coach baseball at another school, and we decided not to do it, though, because we're, 
we're all old. The head coach is 61. Yeah, yeah. I'm 60. Right. Another guy's yeah. 65. And we just yeah. said we didn't feel comfortable. But Yeah, I got you. Well, Coach, why don't you kick us off, man? Um, talk about your background a little bit. Talk about, uh, you know, where you played, your coaching journey, and then kind of how long you've been at, at Middlesex. Um, it's a long story. It's been a long time. I'll give it to you. Hopefully you can edit this too if you have to, you know, because it's so – and stop me if you want to, but I, I kind of wrote this down, and people always ask me, how many plays, where did you coach? And I go, oh, boy, I, I got to write it down to remember. Yeah. Um, and I'll start with kind of like my family came from Brooklyn. We didn't know much about football. And I, as a young kid, though, I grew up in Middlesex. I grew up in the hometown. And I kind of learned about football. They had a great football program. They won five state championships. And I was a little kid, remember, and I went to games on my own. I just was like an eight or a nine-year-old kind of going to games. I saw the parade. They would have parades. It was everything was about football in the town. And um I kind of fell in love with it right away and I never really played. And then pop Warner, I kind of got into it like 12 years old, seventh grade, started playing pop Warner, a guy named Tony Cassano. He was awesome. Uh, in eighth grade, you know, my best, his son was my best friend. We had a great year. He taught me, um, I don't know if he did a ladder thing. Like you win a game, you keep going. Uh, if you lose, you break the ladder, you start over eighth grade. We went undefeated. Um, it was awesome. Great year. And so we kind of thought, and, and plus growing up, I, I wanted to be one of those guys on the football team at Middlesex. And we had a great expectation here. We had a coach, Paul Murphy, that was really good. And um, we never were quite that good um, in my year, but we won a bunch of state championships. Um, and then I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And um, uh, a coach, a local coach, Chuck Nelson, who lived in the town but didn't coach um, in Middlesex, he kind of said, what do you like to do? I said, I love to coach. He said, why don't you go, you know, go into phys ed? I said, okay, I'll go to phys ed. So I went, he's the only one, nobody in my family went to college. They, they said, he said, just go to college and become a phys ed teacher. And that's what I did. I went to Slippery Rock University. Okay. Um, I didn't play, I'm an undersized, underskilled, undersized lineman, you know, 178. You know, that was my weight. So there was no way I was playing at Slippy Rock. Um, went there, got the phys ed degree. And then I later went with Chuck Nelson. He's kind of my mentor. He took me to Bridgewater West. And um, I think you asked about, well, Chuck, yeah. well, I wanted to tell a little bit. He, um, he's, you know, he passed away, but he played at Brown with Joe Paterno. Oh, Joe wow. Paterno was the quarterback. Chuck was a wing back at a Brown. Chuck, the greatest thing about Chuck was he averaged 25 yards per catch in 1951 as a back, which I think is the all-time record. 25 yards a catch. I don't know. It, it's crazy. And uh, he was Joe Paterno's roommate. And he started me at Bridgewater West as an assistant coach. I went there. Um, and he was a mentor, you know, one of those guys that, you know, always doing the clinics, always, you know, great. All run and shoot, of course, Tiger Ellison. That was kind of the first thing. And we had a pretty good run there. Um, and then I did what other guys did. I kind of read, um, said, you know, find the best guy and the, the genius and find him and figure out what he's doing. So I went, another guy is Tony Maglione, who um, was at Bridgewater. And he started me with the wishbone in um, probably 88. He was running the wishbone at Bridgewater West after Chuck. Um, and, you know, he he actually put the wishbone in at Middlesex where I started coaching with the varsity. I was the freshman coach. 
the varsity had turned since I left. Uh, they, they hadn't been as good. They were kind of losing. They, he puts the wishbone over there just to help them out. I become the freshman coach. We go undefeated in the freshman team. The varsity quits running the option after three games because they weren't winning. And that's kind of how I started running the option. So I started as a freshman coach, and that's kind of where I fell in love with it too. Um, and uh, I've had a lot of success. Um, I guess the, uh, I kind of followed Maglione around at different places. We went to Bernard's High School, 41-game losing streak. Um, we went four and five. They gave us a parade. Um, we went to Dayton. They hadn't won a playoff game. We went seven and two. Um, big deal there. Then we go to Hillsboro. I would become the freshman coach. They, um, Hillsborough goes from 0 and 10 to seven and two, their best year ever. Um, I was the freshman coach. In fact, I coached a guy named Sean Mayer, who was on that team. He played at Penn state and uh, he played two games for me as freshman. I convinced the head coach to, it'd be good for him to play uh, freshman ball, but it didn't last long. Um, he scored seven touchdowns, two games. We won both. He went up to varsity, and we we didn't win the rest of the year. Uh, he was a, and he was afraid. He was a he became a option quarterback. Went to Penn State, played safety, and then played for the Patriots for um, a number of years in the secondary. Won a Super Bowl, but he was really good. And then on that team was also Sean O'Hara, who played for the Giants. He was a senior. That was a really good group um, at Hillsboro. So after Hillsboro, I um, I went to. Uh, I became a head coach of Spotswood. I had a nice run there at Spotswood. I had three years, really good deal, but I just kind of missed uh, home. I missed being with the kids. Um, I don't know if you guys have children, but my yeah. kid was a small, and I kind of said, I, I just don't want the head coach thing anymore. And I had, I had a pretty good success there. Um, so what I started to do then was do the um, offensive coordinator thing. I went to one school, Bridgewater. They were 0-10. We went um, four and six after 0 and 10, but we had a really nice run there. The next year, we went six and three, went to the playoffs first time, and then they got tired. Of, of course, of course, they get this happens seems to happen. They get tired of the option no matter what. Yeah, you know. Um, then I went back to my alma mater. You know, I went back to Middlesex. Um, I turned the job down there. Went back there. They were one and nine. We went five and five. And then I became the offense coordinator. We went eight and two, eight and two, 10 and two. The head coach leaves, become AD. I become the head coach. We go three and seven. They get rid of me. I'm on the, you know, I'm walk, you know, moving around again. I go to a couple of different places. I coach my son in um, minute football, which was, and I ran triple option, by the way, with an eighth grade travel team. That was one of my better years, by the way. Um, and then, uh, I, I went to two different places where I'm the old guy trying to get them to run things a certain way. I don't know if yeah. you've guys been this before, oh, like yeah. the old guy that nobody really wants to listen to, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. they listen yeah. out the beer is a great play. Come on. Yeah. yeah. You know, stay. Yeah. Mm. quiet coach, you know, like, yeah. and, yeah. uh, so after that time, this guy, PJ Jankowitz, so Middlesex got rid of the option. Then they, after three years, they got rid of their coach that replaced me. They bring in one of my former players at Hillsborough, PJ Jankowitz. He has a good, two good years. Then he goes one and nine. And he asked me to come back. All the guys on the staff played for me. PJ played for me. Um, they were one and nine. I come back there. Um, 
we go 11 and one, we win a state championship. First time we won a state championship in 35 years. And we went from one and nine to 11 and one, which I like to claim is the greatest turnaround in New Jersey state history. Yeah. My brother and I say, who else went one and nine and went 11 and one, you know, where can you find teams? So, and that's where I've been um, three years. We've been 11 and one, seven and four, eight and two. Last year, we, we actually, we never won a division. Last year, we actually won the division which was big for us. And then we got spanked in the States. But <clears throat> Now, are you guys 100% flexible? Um, yeah, what does that mean? Oh, we're not, no, um, we're always under center. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always under center, um, not always spread. We use a tight end, though. Okay, sure. Yeah, yep. okay. Good. I hope that wasn't too long. No, 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 that's good. No, people, I mean, I think you'll, You'll see people reach out to you. People are going to know what your story is about. So it's, it's important. Yeah. I, was, I was actually intrigued by something. Uh, you kind of, I don't know if you glazed over or whatever, but it, it, it hit a note with me uh, just with my situation. So the school you're at now as the head coach let you go? And no, you- uh, no. I, I, I actually in 2000, and, I forget. Okay. So I was at Bridgewater okay. like one year. We did. Oh, by the way, this is what I want to say too. you guys figured this out too. You guys think this too. I'm sure you've seen it. I go a place at the beginning. It's a cluster. Like when we start running the option the first time, two games, the team's 0 and 10. Uh, we come the next year. We, we fumble seven times in two games. Right. We look really bad. The head coach is already ready to fire me. Right. We play hundred and central. We haven't beaten in 20 years. We beat them. Now everybody kind of gets going. And this happens at every stop. It's first year as a head coach, go to play Danellen, who lost every game the year before. Um, we lose. We, we rush for 300 yards and lose the game. And it's everybody's going like, oh, boy. And this is what happens, too. I'm sorry. What was your question, Tony? I, I think I went off. No, I, I like what you were talking about way better than my question anyway. I mean, that's a great story. I mean, because um, you first put the flexible bone in, it, it's kind of like uh, – a process you know what i mean you're gonna you're gonna have to crawl before you before you walk kind of situation you're gonna fumble. you're gonna have some fumbles that you're gonna have to work through and don't give up on it right yeah yeah oh but that's what i was saying at bridgewater i was at bridgewater middlesex job opens up i i decide to take the job right this is after i was at spotswood so i decide to take the middlesex job over the weekend i decide i'm not going to do this i don't want to miss the family i turn the job down former player gets the job Okay. Okay. He goes one and nine. The next year, Bridgewater goes. We're we're sick of this freaking option stuff. Get out of here. So, like the coach, coach says, "All right, you've done enough. We made the playoffs. Take that option stuff. We're going shotgun." Yeah. And I go, "Oh gosh." So I go back to Middlesex to help him. We go five and five, eight and two, eight and two, ten and two. I become the head coach. He becomes AD. He fires me the next year. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, we went three and seven. Now, I've gotten over it after a while. It took me. But we also, what they did was they elevated our schedule. So all of a sudden, we, we go down to Jersey Shore. We play all these powerhouses. We have ridiculous injuries. We have the skin disease comes out, too, in our season. You know, like one of those. I've got, I don't know if you yeah. guys have had that. Yeah. That everything's, we have, you know, we go through five fullbacks, and they fire me after one year. And they get away from option. Then they bring my former, another former player back to run option again after three years. 
Crazy. Are what guys, a crazy you guys, story. You got all that down now? That's crazy. Holy cow. Man. And I'm not too bitter anymore anyway. <laughs> yeah, you must not be your back, right? So that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Were, you. were you hesitant to come back? No, because my other place, although they were not, you know, they kind of like almost censored me, you know, like the guy that never shuts up, like, you're, you know, you you and your all your ideas, like they were kind of, well, like, you know, the guy I was coaching with was, um, um, I'm 55, 57 years old, coach for 30 years. He gets the head job. He's 25 years old. I've been running the option for since 89 and I'm trying to tell him some stuff and he, he listens to some stuff, but then, he, you know, he wants to do his own thing and sure. I understand some of it. And how many times do you want the other guy, you know, to keep talking, you know, keep giving me ideas. You drive me crazy. Well, but it's funny because PJ and I now say, and I always say too, I, we, um, we wish some of our, co- you know, some other people would give us ideas and try to, we need a young coach that says, Hey, why don't you do this? And at least we could say, uh, we'll think about it. You know? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I was a young coach too, that had ideas that nobody listened to. And that's kind of what, how I got into being a coordinator because nobody listened to me. And I wanted to say, I, I knew what I'm doing. I, I kind of know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's a natural progression, I think. So yeah. you mentioned a, a guy already, but talk, talk about a mentor that, you know, when, when you've got to make a hard decision, this is a guy you're going to call uh, somebody that's really influenced you over the years. Talk, talk about, Talk about one or two of those guys. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Chuck Nelson was the first one, and he kind of turned me on on to Tony Maglione. Tony played at uh, East Carolina. He's the one who started us on the wishbone. He's in the Jersey Hall of Fame, still coaching at 70 years old. Oh, wow. And um, he was – he's one of those guys, you know, like he's a football genius. It's like, you know, you say one thing to – every blocking scheme he knows it automatically you know like i'm a guy i don't know about you guys like i gotta study write things up draw it up 20 times tony picks things up really fast um one of those tough old coaches very demanding um but also changed with the times too you know connecting with the kids uh did a really great job and then he went away from wishbone triple option which he always called wishbone which i always said tony uh, we don't call it wishbone anymore and um, he goes, he went to single wing with Rick Darling, you know what I mean? Following Rick Darlington and all that. I'm like, yeah. I can't believe. So I go, I, I always go to him, I go, what are we going to talk about now? Yeah. But but he's still really good with everything. I could still talk to him about triple option and he doesn't forget any of it. He's really good. Uh, he played for, he was a tight end for East Carolina. And the, the interesting thing about him, he was on the team that played, um, who was the team that in the plane crash? Marshall. I think, Marshall. Who? Marshall. Yeah, Marshall. Yeah, he yeah. played Marshall in that game. Wow. He was at the he he played in that game against Marshall. He was out to dinner when they heard the plane went down. Wow. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. And uh, I always but because he's like 82nd on the all-time East Carolina receiving. Um, I want to mention that too. He's 82nd all-time in East Carolina receiving. Wow. Wow. I know that's not really impressive, but I yeah. thought I, when I looked it up, I thought, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned Rick Darlington. That's that's who I'm coaching for, up and out. Oh, are you really? <laughs> so I guess you're running single wing. A little single wing, you know what I mean? We run yeah. some, some triple option also, and and, and uh, uh, several other things. But uh, you run uh, triple option out of the um, 
in the gun, in the single wing. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been tinkering with uh, all kind of things, coach. It's a, it's a it's a, a smorgasbord going on. You know what I mean? I think I think Tony wants to run. I think he's running midline. I'm I'm pretty sure. I know I know he's doing that. He does a lot of stuff with it too. He's really good. Yeah, I think that's kind of what intrigued him about me. Um, you know, having triple option background a little bit because he wanted to look at it and, and, and mess with it a little bit and see if he can incorporate some of it. And uh, it'll be exciting to see what uh, we end up with. You, you, you know yeah. what I mean? I know way more single wing than I want to know. <laughs> when I talk to Tony now, I got to like, ah, okay, single wing, tell me what you're doing. I know it's very, I don't know. I try to, I have to write down everything he says because I don't know, I don't get anything now when I'm, when I'm yeah. talking to him about the, uh, you know, the short side, the pulling, who's doing this and some of the stuff he does. I tell you, uh, that's kind of how I met him is in back in 2015, I'll be quick here. Um, I was running Flexbone down in Florida and um, I had a special tailback or a, a slot of me that I couldn't get the pitch to pitch phase. You know, we ran rocket and counter ISO and stuff like that, but I couldn't get a pitch phase with him. I, I wasn't running midline triple at the time. So I was like, man, I want to, put something in where I could get him more touches. And uh, Wildcat was was popular back then. The kids wanted to run shotgun Wildcat, you know what I mean? So uh, down in my neck, Apopka was doing really good. I said, I'm going to look into that. And I called Coach Darlington up, and uh, he said, listen, just uh, what you can do is keep running what you're running and uh, put in a single wing as a changeup. And that's what we did. We ran a four-play power series. Ran buck, power, iso, and uh, the counter. And that's it. And I think we were, you know, over time, we, you know, we might have added a little pass play here or a little wrinkle there, but uh, for the most part, it was just those four plays, and it was enough as a changeup uh, to, uh, to to kind of help us. We had we had a really good season and, and and did well with it. You know, I thought it was just going to be like a short yardage goal line package for us, and it ended up we ended up running over eighty times that year. Yeah, he's um, always trying to talk to me to try to get me to do something. I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't even go gun. I can't yeah. do it. Are nah, you gun ball, Matt? No. No, I can't I, – I try to tell – and this is, this is a point I want to say, too, and you guys, maybe you agree with me, maybe you won't. It takes too much time to practice everything we do. If I load gun in there, I'm not going to – what am I going to do? Take my 10 minutes of ride and decide and split it between shotgun and under center with midline outside veer and inside veer? I don't yeah. get it. I just never could do it. And, by the way, it's flashy. It's cool. I'd like the kids to be able to, you know, I'd like to tell people we run gun, but you know, you know, it would sound really good, but I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not easy to do both when you're a hundred percent option, to be honest with you. Um, we did um, 2017. We won a state championship. We got so good. We could just line up in it and kind of like practice it during a week. I don't think we ever even ran. I think we might've ran two plays out of, but we started to practice it a little bit, yeah. but that was it. Yeah, it's tough. I, I would be an example of somebody who probably went down the rabbit's hole a little too much. We were flex bone, you know, for, for about four or five years. You know, we had evolved from the wishbone to the flex bone. Um, and anyway, we got into the gun sort of, uh, you know, we want, at first we wanted to just mess with it with sprint out. Hey, we're going to put it in, sprint out, depth and all that. And it was cool. And then we said, well, we're going to add the power read. We like that little power read, you know, and, uh, and then we can add a predetermined off of it, quarterback power, you know. And then we just mm-hmm. kind of started going from there. And then we started looking at Georgia Southern. And then, boom, before you know it, 
uh, we tried to add RPOs and all that other bull crap. And uh, uh, we ended up losing some ball games because of it, you know what I mean? And kind of had to get back, back down to, uh, uh, you know, what we knew, you know. Yeah. And so I've got a bunch of respect for guys that are, you know, know who they are and say, you know, under center is where it's at because I believe that too. I mean, it's, it hits faster. You know, there's no mistake about that. And you do have limited uh, uh, practice time, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I think if everybody um, – if we had everybody all summer, and I – like that's how I kind of tell kids. Like even with the passing game, I don't know if you got – if we're all there all summer and we don't have guys – Middlesex is a baseball factory too, and that took over for football kind of, and they're like ridiculous. They're like the Patriots. They win the state championship every year. So if everybody was there all along – I could say we could progress in, in doing things. That's how I said about the passing game, too. We could get to seven on seven. We could do – even though I don't like seven on seven, we will do it, and we've done it before. And then we could pass a little bit more during the year, but I'm not bypassing – I'm not going to sacrifice the other stuff. That's like right. You can't, you can't practice and run inside beer enough. I'm not getting – I'm not going to throw the ball all summer. Right. But, yeah. Well, Coach, this transition us uh, into that next question uh, where you – you know, tell us a little bit about Middlesex uh, option, what it looks like and why you guys run it. Uh, I think we probably look more like Navy. Um, I think um, my first run at Middlesex, we would run no huddle and we would just do it at the end of games or at the, at the beginning. And I said, this looked pretty good. And we were kind of like excited about it. And we said, we're pretty good at no huddle. So um, I think it was in the, the last year before I got the head job, we said, let's go full no huddle. And um, we went 10 and two and we were all hand signals, no, no bands, just hand signals, uh, almost always at a spread. We went fast. People were exhausted playing us. It would really worked out good that year, except when we ran into a team that was ridiculously good. And then they just, oh, in the cold, they whooped on us. But that was the first year we ran it. I noticed people were falling on the ground, tying their shoes, like to slow us down. Yeah. Um, and we also started running at that time. We ran outside veer and I've always run outside veer, which I think is a big part of what we do. I run it with tight splits and our path is just a little, it's outside leg of the guard. Um, and it's the quarterback just does goes a little bit wider. We wash everybody down and, uh, that's been a big part of what we do. We team it up with rocket. And by the way, teams never picked up that we're running outside veer because it looks like inside veer. Right. We team it up with Rocket, and then what we'll do, we'll – Without a tight end, Coach, for both. Um, it's hard to run it without a tight end. I mean, you could run like – if you get a four-eye, four you could run it. But if you don't have a four-eye, you don't have anybody to go inside. It's kind of hard to do unless you bring, um, you know, the tight split, the flex stuff, and I couldn't really figure out how to do that. Um, and uh, that's a big part about what we do. But we look kind of like Navy, a lot of tempo stuff. We'll just come to the ball, look to the sideline, run a play, come to the ball, get in our stance, motion, go back, look to the sideline. Everybody goes to a knee. We've gone in, in between. Last year we went to uh, going down in a stance. But the year before and all that, we're going back actually to um, being in a stance all the time. And then looking to the sideline, everybody looks to the sideline. Um, we'll, we'll motion, go back, and then run the play we were going to run. You know, so we change up the tempo. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're not always about being fast. Um, we run a lot of uh, 
you know, outside veer, midline. Um, but we do run, when we first started, we tried to run it with all spread and I tried to make it simple, but now we, we always seem to wind up needing a tight end. Cause I think um, everybody, you know, with, with a six man, three man surface, you got You need a tight end for most of the stuff we do, you know, to run the counter lead, to run outside veer, you need a tight end and we wind up going tight end. We, we try every year to not have a tight end and then we wind up going to tight end. And is it a, it's a true tight end kid or is it another lineman or what, what do you, he could be either one. Sometimes we'll go uh, heavy and bring the, 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 whoever that best guy is and bring him over. That's what we did last year. Um, the first year we ran it, we took a guard and a tackle and put them at split ends. That's what we did. Yeah. A six foot four basketball player who was a tackle the year before and a guard who got skinny. We put them at split ends. The mm -hmm. basketball guy could jump up and catch, and then we could bring them in the tight end. Yep. And then we'll just take – sometimes we just take the extra lineman, whoever that guy is, and make him a tight end. Or the guy who – that tight end has always been a guy like that tries hard, that really is not fast, and we can't do much with him. Right. He but he'll, he'll block, though, for you. He'll block. He'll really try. Uh, the 2017, he was like a uh, – he was five foot five, 150 pounds. Yeah. And he could split out and catch a pass. That, but that doesn't always – that doesn't always happen. Right. <clears throat> but – Well, talk about a little bit uh, – we're always interested to hear, like, how different guys practice, right? So, you know – do you do any pod work, any half line stuff? Are you banging the heads a lot? Or are you less physical in practice? You know, just talk about kind of how you guys do it. Um, you know, I think we found over the years talking with people, there's a lot of different ways that, that people do it. But we're always interested to hear, you know, how you, how you guys do it. And, and, and you said you were about 30, 35 kids on your roster too, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting, you know, for guys out there at small, maybe a smaller school, you know, numbers-wise. Yeah, and we're kind of like pretty good, you know, for our group one, but we're a bigger group one, which is the smallest. Uh, we have pretty good numbers compared to like our league. Our league is kind of, um, I don't know if you guys got it. We got hit with like less numbers. Uh, the quality play kind of drop a little bit. Like, you know, when everybody was all concerned about football, you know, this right. or COVID, you know, the head injury was the yeah. big thing. Right. And I think some of the, it dropped a little bit. But we've been pretty good and, um, you know, practice, I try to, I want things going fast. Uh, we'll start with just right into side. I don't know if you guys, you know, fullback, quarterback, handoff key. It'll be a guy with a bag coming down as fast as possible, uh, working inside beer. I like that guy to bang the fullback a little bit. Um, and it might be the other quarterback or another fullback. Um, then we'll do like a, what I call maneuvers. I don't know if you got like just um, all our non-option plays. Oh, okay. lead, rocket, we'll just practice as much as we can. Mm -hmm. uh, but an another thing we always do is every split end for us, we train them all as A-backs. We That's train them all idea. as A-backs, and they all can play A-back just because we always don't have an extra coach. Sometimes we don't even have a split end coach. We'll, we'll kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, and uh, that's one thing I think which, which we do is different. That, that reminds me of the wishbone days right there because with any some practices, we always played with a tight end and a split end, and we'll be running team and realize, oh, man, we don't have a split end out there. <laughs> we didn't even know it. You uh, know? <laughs> yeah, that's happened before. That's happened before. Did you, guys, you know the story about – did you ever hear the story about um, how the split end was invented? No. 
it was it was in Michigan or something. I forget who the coach was, but they said, um, "Hey, hey, why don't we take?" Because everybody was double tight end. They go, "Hey, why don't we take that guy and split him out there?" And they go, "No, we can't do that. What if nobody covers him?" That's that's how the split end started. It might have been like I don't even know. That was like in the forties or fifties. So I don't even I don't know the rest of the story. But anyway. Um, <laughs> What the guy do out there? What if they don't cover him? What are we going to do? Well, That's right. well, we can't go to one. What are we going to do? Right. Yeah. So um, we'll try to do usually half line. Um, now, by the way, I'm going real Harding this off season. I kind of got everything from Harding, and I'm changing a lot of what we do. And you guys familiar with? Are you familiar with it? You probably had him on late. They don't bang as much. They don't. Right. Um, which I got to go out there up. and watch him in February. I got to go out there and watch him. That was my first experience. But coach, coach has seen him for a long time. That was my first ever experience out there. It was awesome. So I, I talked to somebody, and I can't even say because I don't want to get in trouble because I got all the information from him and got all the tapes. And everything on my board behind me is all Harding stuff now. So uh, now that's going to be a change-up for me because half-line, I like to go like full live with the linemen. Like, I want a fast handoff kick. I don't know how I'm going to do all this because one of the places I was at, they kind of did it like this where it's like two half lines and it's kind of like half speed. And I don't know if I can, I'm going to be able to do this, but I'm trying to do it like they're, they're doing. Like, when I have a handoff key, I want that guy flying down and I want my line blocking full speed. And I want things fast. So I don't know how that's all going to work. And I don't know what you guys think. But I look at a handoff key. And by the way, I talked about this on a thing. I want an athlete that is a handoff key. If I have to take my backup quarterback who's the fastest guy, I don't want a slow lineman playing handoff key. I want a small, fast guy who can come down fast on a fullback, even if he has a shield, and whack him. And I want a number two guy also. So we'll take... The other split ends, the best, and put them at the handoff key and to be those guys. And that's, I think, one of the things I've done, which it's always important to me. Like, um, I remember when I was first at Middlesex, we had this guy who couldn't play offense and couldn't remember anything. He was six foot one, 175, 180, tough guy. He was a great handoff key. He couldn't remember anything on offense. So we just gave up. And I never like to do this, but I never give kids outs and say, you got to play offense. He would have been a good tight end. He couldn't remember anything. And he was always, um, he's one of these kids after practice, he was having a six pack and smoking butts. <laughs> I mean, like a hard ass. Or, you know, he was at, after school with a teacher and we were going like, this is really weird. He's with the teacher till five o'clock, a female teacher. And he would come down on it and, and he would, he gave us a great look. And that's, one of the things I think, which we do, and I, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah. So Harding uses a lot of their coaches for that stuff. I know. When I saw that, I'm going, I don't want to, our coaches, like we do that pregame. Our coaches love to line up as the handoff keys and they right. love, they get in their stances and they're like playing. And I'm like, yeah. what are they doing? But I guess if watching Harding, I think, I guess I'm going to be out there. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, if they're excited about it on game day, you might find they're excited about it in practice too. You know, well, you they're know. really, and they've done that before too, because both yeah. those guys are former players, and they they'll play. I say, Gary, you got to play one. Chiz, you play number two, and let's give us a look. And they kind of get it, and they do give a good look. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. Do you ever you ever have trouble in the past of like uh, getting a good look with your scout team? I mean, that's that's the thing that that kind of prevents too with having those guys out there. You're going to get exactly what you want. 
Um, what I do though, when I, when I go half line, I take the right guard and right tackle, and then I take the left guard and left tackle, and I put them on defense. You know, like, and I'll take the backup fullback and put him on defense, and I'll play my varsity guys because we don't have as many guys. Yeah, I'll yeah. take the backup fullback and I'll put him, and then I'll kind of, you know, I'll rotate him and the A backs, and I put them on defense just so we can get a good look. Right. Because I'm concerned about the quarterback. That's not only like, is this going to? I want to. I want a crazy look because that's what you're going to get in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I, I would think maybe putting those guys over on defense too help give them the vision of what's they're trying to, to accomplish when they're on offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, they can watch the older kids or the more experienced kids, and then they can get over and replicate that stuff and see how it all fits together. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. Coach, I had two quick questions for you. Um, going back to outside beer with the flex bone, mm-hmm. uh, I wondered. I was. I was. I was looking, doing some little bit of research. I found this old uh, PowerPoint. I think you made on the internet back in the day. It had like a Air Force logo or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. And as I was looking through it, I was wondering because uh, this is something that intrigued me. Looking at Harden, is uh, your your slot, your wing, right, to a tight end? Are you an outside the tight end, or are you in? Are you on uh, always on the tackle with your with your alignment? What is your take on that? We 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 changed it. I would do. <laughs> I'm kind of going outside now all the time, but I used to have Ram in and Ram out, which meant Ram, he's inside to the right. Ram out, he's outside. Because I also wanted to mix it up with, I don't know if you guys ever ran, um, we ran Tiger Veer, it was called at one time. So what Tiger Veer was, it's a double option. The tight end blocks number two, the A-back seals, the quarterback either gives or keep. It was kind of what we did before midline. Are you guys familiar with this at all? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I kind of wanted to team that up with outside veer, but then we kind of stopped. Because of midline, we got out of uh, tiger veer as much. Right. Uh, Because we've run that out of end over. Right. Is Um, it like, like, you ever heard of toad concept? I think somebody called it toad, Tony DeMeo. Uh-huh. It was it was similar to that we ran in the wishbone like you're saying uh, you ran it in over we went in unbalanced tight end split in same side yep, yep and we had the tight end block number two versus like an odd front yep that's exactly an a backward skill you would never pitch the ball right that's right because the, 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 the safety that would rotate down he has to take pitch right right yep okay and I kind of wanted to team that up with outside veer but then I just um, we got away from that and I try to make it a little more simple and not run as many plays. So I don't really run Tiger as much. And, you know, I cut down on a lot of plays because of outside beer. And um, the story about outside beer, which was pretty, I think I kind of invent, well, I'm going to say I invented it because I didn't invent outside beer. I was going to say, what? <laughs> Breaking uh, here's what happened. Here's what happened. <laughs> when we did, uh, you can check the sources on this. When we used to go to the goal line, everybody would run in a two eye and a four eye. And then the rule in Veer was if the guy was in a four eye at one time, it was an automatic pull. You didn't loop it. You automatic. So every time we got it on the goal line, we couldn't really run triple option. Right. You know, so I said, why don't we just, and I don't, maybe I didn't, I didn't invent it. I got this from somebody else. I said, let's tighten our splits and let's wash that guy down and let's read the guy outside. And so we could run option on the goal line because, because when you had a two and a four eye, you couldn't run option. You were done. Right. So that's kind of where outside veer came, and we only ran it on the goal line. And then all of a sudden, I said, "Why are we just running on the goal line? Why don't we run it all over?" But then I had to come up with rules yeah. to cover everything, which 
of course, I learned, uh, I got some big mistakes doing that too, because I don't, I guess, I, I think I made the rules up myself. So, you know, <laughs> I had to adjust and figure things out that I think it was in a 3-3 stack, if they ran a game and the inside guy came, I don't think I had a plan for that. Oh, I know why, because the guard, I don't know what we were doing with the guard, but he covers basically um, B-gap now. But back then, I think he was doing a veer path, like a double team. So the tackle blocked the, the number one guy who's actually number – he wasn't number one. They would double team. And then what they would do is take the tackle, push him out. The back would – the linebacker in the 3-3 three, three would right. come in. We didn't have him. Right. And then that's eventually where I said, all right, the guard, you have to be – it's like zone. You have B-gap. If anybody right. comes, you got to pick him up. Yeah. And that's kind of – and by the way, that's when – that's when the three three first started too. When I learned that, because oh the three five it's called by the way, which I I like to tell was some guy like twenty five years ago told us he was running a three five defense and we all fell on the floor laughing. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys because we were like, what the heck are you talking about a three five? Are you insane? Yeah. Who, who talks like this? Yeah. By the way, and of course later that now that's a huge defense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Coach, I wanted to uh, follow up on on on, uh, on that tight end question. With um, I also found another slide talking. I thought it was very intriguing. It talked about uh, what I think you mean is smart splits, kind of establishing the fullback with with splits. So how you uh, you know get the, the fullback going in the uh, the dive portion of the triple, right? And it shows like where your your center and guard kind of hug a, uh, an A-gap player or maybe uh, a three technique, your guard and tackle hug, hug that uh, three technique up. Can you talk maybe a little bit about that? Maybe versus uh, uh, three, four, Okiad, I think you had them like wide splits all across the board, right, to really get some space in there. Uh, you know, my, my thing always was like you got to get the fullback going. Now, we – I've kind of like gone away from that a little. Of course, that was done so long ago, but I do have it like – I think and it's I have, good, but, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, but this was, um, I think it might have been DeMeo I even I got that from. Like, you know, you got a one-tech, pull your guard in tighter. But then we were, in fact, last year, my plan was I wanted to signal in to, okay, we get a one and a five. Center and guard, tight, tackle, two, wide. I wanted to actually signal that in. So we look to the sideline. We see a one and a five. We want to run inside veer. I tell them where they were going to split. Yeah. Like the split. And then we could also tell on both sides to mix it up. And then we get what we want to establish the fullback. But um, we never really got to that. And then I, and I said, why did we do all this? Because we used to go all the way down. You know, we used to go right down and take the knee. And now we were kind of like doing a two-point stance, going down. Um, but I never got to quite do that. What I, that, that was actually part, part of what I wanted to do last year. Like, Okay, we want to run midline. We got a three tech. So let's let's go wide on the right. We would go right wide on the right and let's go tight on the other side. And then we could run both. And it just we never got to that point. And we never had to because we scored a bunch of points. Yeah. And we didn't really need to. That's 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 what's kind of the tough part. Yeah, I'm speaking from going from the gun, you know, kind of stuff. It's tough um, being the no huddle. Uh, with your offensive lineman, you lose a little bit of part of that. Like versus a huddle team, you can you can call the play in the huddle. They come up and they line up right where yeah. you know you're kind of stuck when they got their hand in the dirt. 
And well, that's, uh, that's what I thought would be a great idea. How about yeah. you go up in a two-point stance, and we look, we, we get in our stance, we see what the defense is, we say check, you look to the sideline. You got a one and a five. Okay, let's take, take the center and guard, tighten the splits. We give a signal. One, go tight. Two is the tackle, go wide. And then we run inside veer to that side. Yeah. But, of course, we never got there. <laughs> but I, it's a good idea. But yeah, yeah, no, it's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm curious, you know, where you guys are, um, if you get a consistent look defensively based on who you're going to play. We, we don't ever, seems like. Um, it, it's, you know, w- w- the team could be a 4-3 for 20 years and come out and something totally different. So I'm curious about how you guys typically, you know, like game plan for your opponents. And I know this year's crazy. You talked about it before we got on about scheduling and new teams and, and you know, kind of all your prep <laughs> over the winters. Kind of, kind yeah, the of first three away. games. First three games, yeah. big games, all gone. Yeah, so all that work you put into it is kind of – One new team I got up there, one new team totally new. And then everybody else's people we played last year who were going to go off the schedule are back. And then the, the number five, the best public school in New Jersey, we're playing them. Yeah. So, um, but I thought, and I did write some things down. Um, I, I take the years before and I, um, I pad, I do the padding. Uh-huh. I, I think about this on a clinic thing and that's what I did all game planning. But I, um, I've always done that before Bill Belichick. I padded games, so I would You invented look. it. Yeah. No, no I invented that, too. Yes. No, you're right. I just didn't call it padding. I, I heard somebody say it once, like, you should diagram everything the defense does. And, I, you know, this was like 20 years ago. And I said, well, that's a great idea. You could really learn a lot. Yeah, I invented that, too. What a discovery today. I tell you, you'd be a rich man if you'd, you know, copyrighted any of that stuff. And, uh, yes, I know, yeah. And, um, and so – what I do is I go through and look at each play and diagram where everybody goes. I don't do it as much now, but I always want to look at splits. Um, where is a guy aligned? I always do a really work hard in finding out. And you guys know, well, before you had huddle end zone and I would always be like, I wish I could run down to the end zone and look and see yeah. where that guy, is he a That's real right. free tech? Is yeah. he head up? Is yeah. he really wide? I, and I would like beg the kids on the sideline, Please tell me, where is the guy aligned? So now I spend a lot of time working on, you know, end zone and seeing where guys are aligned. By the way, I have, um, we don't always have huddle sideline. So I would have the camera guy, I would say, listen, here's what I want you to do. We didn't have huddle sideline. We didn't have the end zone view. I'd say, look, this is important. Take a picture of the end zone and send it to me. Because we didn't have it up in the booth. We only had up top. He wouldn't pay for all of it. I said, please take a picture and the guy the head coach goes why do you need that i go i need an end zone view i don't care as much about i have to see where the guys aligned on it that's right and so going back we do a a preliminary game plan for the summer and i try to have everything done because i don't want to be working on the team during the season Um, but during the week i do what you guys probably do I throw a bunch of looks at, P- at our team and I um, tell guys sometimes line up wherever you want, stunt whenever you want. Um, and that gives us kind of like, cause just like you, you never know. Now I go, I got one team Spotswood. I know they're going to be in a four, two, five. They do it every year, which is nice. South river's a three, three. 
Hillside, the great team, is in a 3-3. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. We're playing this team, North Plainfield, who we haven't played, and I don't know what they're going to do. And that's the first game, of course. And we're trying to, now we're trying to scramble and find film on them. Right. You know how that goes, man. Yeah, I do. I do. Hey, Coach, uh, word on the street is you're a big Kiss fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you talked to Cody, I guess, right? Yeah, I was on that night. I was, I was like, oh, you know, a lot of kids, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh Cody yeah. Mallory's from uh, Cadillac, Michigan. Uh, do you and, know and, about this, man? Uh-uh. Okay, so um, do you know anything about Kiss? Yeah. It's okay. So Kiss started in 1975. One of the big things where they went – Cadillac, Michigan had a great a football team that was kind of doing good, and they were all into Kiss. So their coach contacted Kiss. Kiss came to the Cadillac, played at homecoming. Oh they, uh, they did a parade. Um, they were at the football game. All the kids dressed in Kiss makeup. Oh, that's awesome. And, and this is a big story in Kiss history, which I know about. Yeah. Um, and Cody is like, I'm like, Cody, this is great. Uh, <laughs> you know this. And I sent him a picture of Gene Simmons is in the um, music room in Cadillac High School. And I'm going, look at this picture. And he goes, there's a big giant plaque. I said, can you take a picture and I'll put it on the KISS Facebook site. I'll try to get them because they'll be all excited. Yeah. Anybody who knows KISS history knows about the Cadillac Michigan thing. Gotcha. gotcha. That was awesome. He was naming songs and everything, man. It was, it was the statue there, everything, right? Yep, yep, that's right. Pretty cool. So, so from a game plan standpoint, you guys are really looking at the other team's personnel and where they're aligned, right? So not, not as much uh, total scheme, and, right? And I don't even care about personnel. Like, that's one thing the coach always goes, well, who's good on the line? I go, I don't know. I'm just looking where that guy's lined up. Yeah. I mean, and I probably should think a little bit like, he always goes to me, why are you running at that guy again? <laughs> you know, like I'm going, I don't know, he's – he looks like a, the technique. That's where we want to run. That's the hole we're looking at. He goes, stop running by that guy. I go, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, about, that's about my input, which I, I don't mind either, too, by the way. They're pretty good with letting me. Uh, it's the great news about, um, well, sometimes I say I wish somebody would, like, be that guy saying, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Like, nobody knows what I'm doing on the staff. Like, they kind of say, they all, I coached them all, so they kind of leave me alone. But sometimes right. I'm like, but the head coach will say, why are we running at that guy again? He's killing us. <laughs> right. I go, I don't know. I'm running option. I don't know that guy. Yeah. You see a one and a five, you're going to run inside of here, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I know what I want to run. It's a three, yeah. it's a three tech. We're going to run midline. Yeah. 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 Well, coach, can you talk some, uh, some zone option with us? I remember we talked a little bit that night on um, that little uh, zoom we did with um uh, the boys from Chicago and Cody was on there and everything. And, um, right. and I'm going, I'm going Harding. Okay. Okay. So, so that's pretty basic. You're running it like zone dive and you're yep. kicking out too, basically. Yep. And did we, it was at the night where we talked about how, um, no, I don't know. I think I talked, I talked to a Springfield guy. Do you guys know Springfield? Uh, oh yeah. We, yeah. We know those guys. I've been up in, I was up at Springfield early in my career, visited them. They were really good. Um, he said Army runs it or Navy runs it like 500 different ways. Yeah. Like they it's too, yeah. To do. And I've been trying to – I thought that was like the magic uh, potion, like that zone option because all the Navy guys run it, Army guys. I'm going, what am I missing here? I don't see it. I don't get it. And then he just said, 
just we run zone option like this. We kick out two. We run everybody inside, and that's what we're doing. I go, yeah, maybe that's what I'll do because I never can get the full understanding of it. I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what I'm going to do with it. Well, as the inventor of the playlist, and I'm telling you that what you're going to do is all. I'm just kidding around. <laughs> invent, I didn't invent that play. <laughs> I'm just teasing, man. That's but okay. That's, that's a smart okay. move. I think that's oh, a smart move. There's one other play with I, I might want to claim I invented. Okay. Did you guys ever run double dive? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now yeah. the original <laughs> double dive was the original dive was I think it was called Belly, but it uh -huh. was. Right. Fullback dive, you yeah. faked it to him. You didn't Pull get it. the yeah. second guy, the A back does open crossover plant at a wishbone downhill. Yeah. You yeah. gave it to him. That was belly base. Yeah. So we mm -hmm. ran that for years and we never read it. You guys ever read it? No. Yeah. Well, I, we, we I, did. Yeah, yeah. We, did. So we, we I, ran it off a of midline. Oh, yes. And we ran mid double dive too. So yeah. when I was a young assistant, now I, you know, nobody will back me up on this so i was going i used to go like to, to my mentor i go why don't we read that and he goes what are you crazy we can't read that and i don't know where it happened but somehow we did eventually start reading that play and it was really good it was a great play for us and when outside veer came i stopped running it yeah. I just, I, it was too many plays, but we would run it to the open side too. And we would veer block it and the A back would kick out number two and we would, it was a give or did you guys run that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We ran. Yeah. We, when we'd have the fullback pull back against the quarterback to pull the inside linebacker across the midline and then pull it and hand it to the guy coming back in the C gap. I mean, now did you, and you always read it? No, we didn't so, read it. We I, we we did, but, so I learned it at Indiana Wishbone Camp. We used to go That's right. That's back in the day. Right? That's yeah. how I invented it, by the way. I got yeah. it. Yeah. That's another one of my. Now I know how I invented it. Well, I was a young coach. I didn't know. I, I I didn't know anything about it. I'm seeing these guys run it, you know. And then uh, a couple years later, um, I'm coaching in a flexbone, and uh, my quarterback gets injured at camp. And you know, when you go to camp, you got a limited amount of players with you, right? And I needed my quarterback, you know, he, he could run, but he couldn't really come off the, um, come off the dive and, uh, you know, explode and, and go be a runner downfield. So we ran that midline belly play and it, it uh, we were getting a three technique. I knew we had to run the play. You, you know what I mean? So uh, mm -hmm. we had to run midline is what I mean. So uh, that, that got us through camp. And uh, I remember running it one time and the D coordinator we ran against was like, whoa, ho, ho, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> he was all excited. Yeah, we had a, one of the teams I had, we, we had a quarterback that wasn't a great runner. And I said, why don't we, I think we did do it. And we, we did have a pretty good, we ran like only one year mid, mid double dive. Yeah. We yeah. always run mid inside beer. Um, yeah out of it but uh with outside veer like i heard like you guys have probably heard this like you really it kind of attacks the same hole so how many plays are you going to have that attack right. the same thing yeah. you know I mean? it's a novelty yeah 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 yeah, and, 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 yeah i mean two plus it, you're, you're adding a mesh and a read there and and it's like you're right you're right you kind of run out of time with blocking assignments and timing and everything with everything so you're right yeah Coach, I seen a tweet that you put out, and I didn't see anybody respond to it, but it really intrigued me. I wish I would have saw it a lot earlier. I'm going to read it to you and see what we can talk about here with it. It's uh, 
He said, is reading the action key emphasized more on zone dive than inside veer? It would seem easier for the B-back. What do you think? I guess you're reading something, uh, maybe, you know, researching something about uh, uh, zone, uh, reading the action key. Do you read the action key uh, on your inside veer in, in, in your I zone dive? I tell you what, you, we learned that from Army in the 90s. And I tried to do it. We could never do it. We, I don't, but with, with Harding, I'm going to try to do it with the Harding stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm working on it. I like it. I'm going to work really hard. I mean, I swear, Army was doing this in the 90s. That was, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. Hearing I, that. I remember hearing it and I really didn't hear it. I kind of stopped doing it and I said, this, we can't do this. It's, it's too fast to read that. But now when I see the Harding guys explain it, it seems good to me. Yeah. So I'm going to do as much as I can and see we got a pretty good B-back coming back who's way too fast for his own good. And uh, I got to slow him down almost, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping this, this is going to help him. And yeah. he's done a little bit of it on his own too. He's, he's kind of done a little bit. Like we always said, stay on the path. Right. When you get clear, square up. I mean, originally we ran the path. And you didn't do anything else. Right. The hash number sideline. Yeah, right. Yeah, run the path. Like the wishbone. Back there. in the wishbone, yeah. And, yeah, and now we've seen people, him kind of bend things, and he's pretty good. So he might be pretty good at this. Yeah. Yeah, so it I'm sounds like he might be. Yeah. I, I tell you, uh, and Coach McLeod got me onto it, uh, Coach Wheaton there at Harding, man, he just got a knack. He's a hell of a teacher for making things uh, just so simple. So, like, just giving the fullback two things, right? What is it, Coach? Sink and square? Slide and square, sink and square. I mean, that's right? just two things. Yeah, you, 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 I mean, that's simple, you, you know? But that uh, was always against our rules because we don't want him to bend into the quarterback and then, like, quarterback tries to pull, you know, so he's got to be clear. That's – we had guys do that on their own anyway. Yeah, yeah. But we kind of said don't do that because right. you – You don't want the ball on the ground. The, yeah, the quarterback tries to pull, you square into him, you, you, the ball drops. Right, right. But I'm excited. I, it, it, it made things simple. Um, I was always a love Paul Johnson and the whole without – I wanted to be the guy without the cards, you know, without the play thing. I could just call <laughs> something in my head. Right, and I'm right. – this the hard stuff looked a little bit more like that. Uh, yeah. But I was – I was the one with the script originally, you know, and had the play calling sheet. Now I'm kind of like, I don't even use that stuff. And it's like a Waffle House menu, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I had great <laughs> things with a lot of colors and stuff too. It looked really cool. I used to have a script too, and I'm like, now I'm like, why did I have a script? It's optional. <laughs> <laughs> See what they're giving and run that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no you're right. I, we used to do the same thing, man. We'd script the first, you know, ten, and then you know you're. <laughs> Your your script in the switch blog to come out and single high instead, so that's fired, right? You, you know you want to run rocket to a certain look, and they're not in it, so play five's fired. You got to skip. It, it, we quit. We quit scripting too. So. Without and without like play like outside veer, we run outside veer like twenty five times in a row, different way, you know, different sides and stuff. Yeah, just yeah. because it was such a good play. Um, all right. So, so you do I have time to go to the bathroom at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. Pause it. Pause it. All right, so, hey, uh, last question before we let you go. Um, talk to us about your passing game, kind of what it looks like. Is it is it only play action, you know, off your option game, or do you have some three-step uh, concepts, I don't know, boots, 
things like that, screens? What, what are you guys doing passing game-wise? I think that the best thing we do is a switch pass. I don't know, but, you, you know, crack – what we run a crack seam. We, like, take the wide out, we crack them, and then he runs a seam. Yep. Abrac runs a wheel. Um, and the quarterback, he has one read. He looks at the safety. If the safety comes up, he throws it to that guy usually. And we will run it at a tight end, and we'll go pretty skinny. We don't usually have any effect from the other safety if they're too high. And if that safety stays back, he's going to throw the wheel route as almost a fade. It's either going to go out of bounds or complete. Um, And then we do have a rocket. We'll run rocket switch to the play side. We have run rocket boot a little bit. We'll run that. Um, We we had a pretty good play. We ran um, like the NCA route. Um, We ran that a couple – out of veer action, we had a great um, score on that in – in a big game to win the game actually with a post route and the the um a back crosses we ran that to win uh like a crazy win um and the fullback actually swam uh did a swing out of it too okay. so we had all out of play action but the quarterback just dropped back and threw it to the post route wide open uh but we run we'll practice a lot every day we throw stop routes uh, we'll throw seams we do three-step drop we practice it and we never throw it though uh i think in a state championship game we actually threw a stop route that went 36 yards and that was the one of the few times we've thrown the stop and we practice also three-step fade i, we, I don't know why i just kind of like doing it with the kids kind of have fun and that's one of the things we do in the summer when i get them there you know like just to keep everybody in and we want to play a little seven, seven, just to play whatever that game is where you throw the ball, you know, the seven on seven. Right. And I I do want to run, I saw Harding had one thing, which I thought I have it up here. Um, Oh, it's a flood route out of veer action. Um, I don't know if you've guys seen this, the a back actually weaves the safety. And if the safety stays deep, he runs a 10 out the split end runs a, fade and the other a back runs a swing and if the safety um comes up then the a back's going to run a post i'm kind of looking to run that you guys run that yeah that's a great play i think that's a harding thing i'm not sure or new mexico maybe uh, they both run that yeah I, I just you've run that before yeah it's it's your quarterback you got to be patient right because your quarterback's got to know the adjustment right you know what I mean? As he's taking his – you're talking about off veer action, right? So Yes, yeah, off yeah, of veer action. Yeah, yeah. So he's, I'm he's just worrying about reading that stuff to me and having a route where the, eight, the back does a different route. That makes me a little nervous. I, you well, know. I think you'll find – I think you'll find the backs will be all right because they'll like that kind of stuff to have a little bit of autonomy there. Yeah. The quarterback's got to get depth as he's reading it because he's got to see the same thing the back sees. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if they're on a oh, obviously if they're on a different page, you get you know, gotta get issues there. You're but, in you're in trouble uh, anyway. Yeah. That's called that's called a little run and shootish, man. Got your yeah, choice routes built in there, well, man. You brought up Tiger Ellison a lot, uh, a while ago. You run any run and shoot stuff anymore or no? No, no, I don't run any run and shoot, but uh it all all was good back in the day. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coach, yeah. I know in the in, in back in the wishbone days, man, our best pass play was the halfback pass. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Off a little double. We pitched double option. Running I back still kick. like to run that. Uh, in fact, in that same game uh, in the championship year, we're down, we ran it out of rocket, though. Rocket halfback pass. 
70 yards, like with, with one minute left in the game. Unbelievable. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was awesome having you on tonight, coach. Um, okay. Sure I appreciate on. you coming on. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks a lot. And, uh, that's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our Mesh Point Podcast uh, has its own Twitter page. That is at the mesh point again at the mesh point. You can also find me on flexbonation.com. Have an option blog there and write articles in that place uh, that can help you out particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account and. Um, the cool thing about us is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag Mesh Point to see everybody's responses uh, to to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.